Oasis Church Chicago, this is Pastor J.P. Trollio. I'm so glad that you're here listening with us today on our podcast. This message today is coming from our midweek prayer service. We believe that this prayer meeting is the most vital meeting of our church. I pray today as you listen to this message that you're encouraged, that you're inspired, and that ultimately you're pushed closer to Jesus. If this message today spoke to you, I pray that you will come out and join with us on a Wednesday night that you can gather together alongside the rest of the church and hear from God and what he would have to say to you. You know, that's a heavy thing to pray for, but, you know, you become a parent and um, your life changes radically. But you really, I, I, I'm telling you, it's the weirdest thing everyone said. When you become a parent, you're going to know the love of the Father deeper, uh, like the Father in heaven. And I became a dad three months in, and I'm really seeing the heart of God more than I've ever seen him before. And I know the heart of God is for little ones and for those mothers. Amen? So, thank you. Hey, I just want to give us a short little talk because I want you to pray tonight for yourselves. Um, I really believe God wants to just meet you where you're at in life and work in your life. And um, I'm just so glad you came to the prayer meeting tonight. This is so important that we gather as a church and pray. We could do so many cool things. We have the old groups. We have the outreaches. But guys, at the end of the day, this is what matters. Showing up and praying and interceding and believing. And I pray you walk into these doors and you feel the fire of heaven and that you catch what's happening and you don't want to miss these nights. Amen? And so tonight we continue, um, and uh, this will be the last one actually, um, but I've been going through the, the Lord's Prayer and I entitled this mes- message, A Powerful Prayer Life. Do we have that slide? Are you bold enough? Are you bold enough? Um, Tonight I want to continue, and I I want to show us in this passage as Jesus shows us how to pray. We've walked through those moments of he walks us through uh, verbiage and words to say as a community, but also individually. He's like, lead me not from temptation. Deliver me from evil. Provide daily for me. Help me not to need more than I need. Help me just to be settled in my spirit to have what I have is enough for me right now. Like he walks us through these prayers. I encourage you to pray that way, right? This is the way that Jesus prayed, so we should follow him. Amen? And then he, in, in, the, in the, the, the um, book of Luke, chapter 11, uh, you can pull it up in one second, um, he goes into this story that for me, for the longest time, I'm like, what, what in the world is, what, what is happening? Anybody else ever read scripture like that? Like, I got to read this like 27,000 times and it finally clicks. And I was reading this all week and um, I pray that the way that it's clicking in my heart <laughs> is expressed out to you guys because Jesus shares the story after showing how to pray. He then, in a sense, gives um, the attitude of, of how, we, how we do it. Okay, he shows us that this is the attitude. This is, let me, let me say it this way. This is the posture of our hearts that we can actually go before the Father. Okay, and so he says this in Luke, uh, Luke 11, uh, 1 through 13. Is it up on the screen? Yeah. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, how be your name. Your kingdom come. That's a good prayer to pray. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us. Offense has no place in the life of a believer. Offense has no place. You've been hurt by somebody, go talk to them. Don't harbor it. It'll destroy you. It's like drinking poison and expecting that person to die. It doesn't work. You will die from it, okay? So forgive those around us. And then finally, and lead us not in temptation, and this is what it says in verse 5. And then, and then he said to them, which of you has a friend? Will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. 
And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. And Jesus says, I tell you though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. It's an interesting story. I look at that and I'm like, man, that's a... It's a powerful story. It's a bold story to, to go. And what's happening in this story is a friend shows up to a neighbor's house. Because that friend, that person that goes to the neighbor that has the food, that, that person had another friend come to his house. See, see, they, that friend has another friend show up in the middle of the night because they were on a long journey. And they show up and the friend that goes to the other friend, you with me? I'm saying friend a lot. He goes up to that friend's house and knocks on the door. The reason why he goes to that house is because he does not have food to provide for the friend that just came on a long journey to that house. You with me? There's three friends in the story. Okay? Like, who's on first? What's on second? Like, like, so, 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 so when Jesus is explaining this story, in that custom, we read that and we're like, well, don't show up to my house at midnight. Yo, like, Rach and I... In a sense, we have, we have like a rotating door at our house. <laughs> we have a lot of people that come through our house. And if you're here in this room, you're like, I've never been invited. Like, just talk to me afterwards. You're invited. Um, but we have like this revolving door, but there's a policy, right? You are not showing up to my house at midnight, especially you young guys that we feed often. Like, the last thing that I'm doing at midnight when you knock on the door is like, yo, do you got some food in there? I will tell you to walk off my porch before I hurt you. Like, I am not. So in our culture, if someone showed up at midnight, knocked on the door and said, hey, do you got some friend food because my friend showed up and I don't have food because I didn't go to the grocery store and he didn't let me know he was coming. Like, like do you got food? Like, we look at that and like, well, I wouldn't do that. But in this culture, at this moment when Jesus is speaking to this audience, that the, they would look at that and be like, whoa, that would never happen, Jesus. That would never, ever happen because in that culture, it would be such a dishonor to not give them the food. It would be such a dishonor for that, that guy that's in the house to just withhold the bread from that, from that friend. It would actually not only bring dishonor to the guy that wouldn't give it, it would bring dishonor to the guy asking, and it would dishonor the whole village. It's history. Like, this is the context. You with me? So like, so, like, Jesus is talking to a, an audience that would understand and go, no way, Jesus, there's no way that story would ever happen. That would have happened in our culture because we would open up the door. We'd give it to them. Okay, so, so Jesus is not talking to us Westerners <laughs> that are like, no, it's my house. I lock the door, double lock, bolted key, everything. Like, don't come to my house. It's my safe zone. Right? Jesus is saying, like, hey, there's, there's a friend. The friend comes, and they ask for food. And, but he, he kind of twists the story, right? Like, well, the guy wakes up as he hears the... Hey, neighbor, I know you're in there. Like, I know, you, I, I know you're in there. Hey, I got a friend that showed up, and, and he's hungry. I don't got food. And I just, you know, the story is like, the, imagine he's a dad, and he's laying in this little tiny house. Like, in those days, the, the bed was like up here, and the, it, was just one, it was just one single small room, no bigger than probably this bay, you know, and there's the, the people slept up top. And then some places, like, they had their sheep or their animals or their livestock laying below them. Like, like it was tiny, right? So, so you knock on the door. Guess what? You're waking everybody up. I'm a parent that has a child. It's three months. You ring a doorbell at midnight, and my kid wakes up in the middle of the night after we've just wrestled him to get to bed. I'm not happy. <laughs> and all the parents know what I'm talking about. 
right? Like putting a sleeping kid down, you put it down and he's not happy. So, so like this guy's like, no, like, no, stop knocking on my door. You're going to wake up all the kids. My sheep are going to start making noise. Like, come on. What are you doing? But Jesus explains that this man knew that he had what he needed. The friend that goes to the friend knew that that friend had the three loaves. And that man went to him and said, I know you have these three loaves. Can you just help me out here? Can you help me out here? And finally the guy comes to the place where he's like, ah, okay, I got you. Because there's a little word that scripture says, because of his impudence. Different translations say different things because of his persistency. That word there is, it means different things, boldness. There's another definition of cheekiness for all the Brits out there. Like his cheekiness and his persistency and his boldness, and it actually means audacity, like having the audacious faith to ask that. There's this word there that says because of the man's persistency, this guy gets up and he goes and he gives the man the bread. And I look at that and I'm like, Jesus, what are you trying to show us here? Like, why this story? Because Jesus is saying, yo, that is just a friend, man to man. I'm your father. You've asked your father for a gift before? Anybody ever ask their father? I see you all. Like, yeah? Like, it's really hard for a dad and mom to say no to their kid. Especially after you ask them 47,000 times. Now, I've asked my parents for a lot of gifts, and I've, be- I've worn them down. I've worn them down. It's, it's, it's easy for a child to walk up to a, a parent and say, can I have this? Hey, can I get this? Hey, hey, I need this. Hey, give it to me. And eventually, if you're like me and them, they'll break down because I won't give up. If we look at the relationship not as a friend to friend, but Jesus is sharing it as a follower to a father. Hello? You with me? He's sharing the story from a follower to a father saying like, hey, my dad, I'm going to keep coming to you. I'm going to keep asking you. I'm not going to stop asking you because I know you have what I need. Oh, this is going to help some people. See, this helps us understand that we can pray boldly. The whole thing here, the whole message, I don't have time to go through all my message. The whole thing, it's showing a story about a man asking a friend, and the friend finally says, he relents. He says, yes, I give it to you. But Jesus is talking from the standpoint of, I'm your father. I love you. I'm going to go to the cross for you, and I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to go to the tomb and grab the keys of death for you. Well, you look at him just as a friend? No, he is the great father. He is the great provider. He is the great healer. He is the great restorer. So Jesus is saying, yo, yes, pray all this way, but have the attitude that you can bug me. <laughs> How many of you have ever looked at that like with God? My hand is not up. Because I'm like, yo, can I really bug God with this? Like, like, can I keep going back to him with this same request? And this scripture, hello, gives us all the pass to do it. And everybody should be saying amen. Like we get the access to say, okay, a friend would give a friend three loaves after just bugging them in the middle of the night. How much more is God going to give to his children after we bug them and he loves us so much more? He's not just going to give us three loaves. He's going to give us 30, 30,000 loaves because that's how good he is. Are you, though, bold enough to keep knocking on the door? Are you bold enough to keep seeking? 
Are you bold enough to keep running towards them? You are in the spit zone. <laughs> I see it. Are you? Persistency is key in the life of a believer. And can I say something? With such love, I don't mean condemnation or to be mean or rude. Some of you have not received what you asked for because you gave up asking for it. You stopped. You stopped. You stopped asking. And I'm not saying that like you missed it now and you're not going to have a chance to get it. Like, I'm just saying what if you stayed in it? What if you kept standing at that door and you kept knocking? And you're like, Jesus, you're my father. You love me so much more than I know. You are so good to me. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep coming. Because see, the thing about it is, is prayer does not change God. Prayer changes us. So what it does is it reminds us that, hey, he hasn't done it yet, but I'm going to keep going back to him with the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, trusting that he's going to do it for me, and it's going to change me. This is so good. Prayer does not, it does, like, I believe we can pray and ask God big things, but what it does, most of it, is it changes us in the way we see our Father. I keep showing up going, God, I know you're so good. I know you're going to change this city. I know you're going to do it. Hey, God, I'm knocking. And I've had people tell me, you heard me say before, they're like, Jay, stop praying those prayers. Do you see the news? I showed up. This is a very, I'm going to be real. Can I be real? Can I be real at this church? Cool. I went to my parents' church to preach. <laughs> Amazing. I love them. But I started preaching. I got done. and I can't tell you how many people walked up to me and they're like, you got to get out of that city. I was like, what? <laughs> they're like, you have a child now. I was like, I know, it's amazing. What are you, where are you getting? Like, I was, like, looking at them, like, what's happening here? <laughs> like, are, am I in the same, am I in, like, you know, the out-of-body experience you ever, <laughs> like, I'm here, but I'm not here. I don't know, I, it's not computing. <laughs> no, you just got to get out of there. It's really bad. I said, well, I'm going to keep praying. Oh, brother, no. Prayer's not going to work. I'm in a church. This is no judgment. I would say this to them, okay? They're family. Like, I come from that house. But I looked at him and I said, no, 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 I'm going to correct you on that. Because my scripture, the word that I carry around tells me to keep knocking. It tells me to keep seeking. It tells me to keep going to him. And guess what? He's going to do it. He's going to come through. He hasn't failed a generation yet. He's not going to start with this generation. Did you just see what I said in Psalms 100? It says he's been faithful throughout all generations. Why would he start now with this generation? Well, it's so dark, JP. This is the worst generation of all time. No, nah, it's not. There's a lot of crazy generations that have gone on before us. This is just more visible. That's it. It's just more visible. And see, and see tonight, I, I just want us to catch the fire that we can be bold. We can go to the Father. You got something in your heart. You got a dream inside of your heart. You got a vision that God placed inside your heart, and you haven't seen it unfold yet. Start praying into it. Start praying into it. And saying, yo, God, you're going to give it to me. I trust you. It lines up to your word. I'm not going against your word. I'm not asking for something crazy. I'm just asking for what you've placed inside of my heart to do. God, would you do it? Hey, God, I got a wayward son. I got a wayward daughter. Hey, I got a wayward mom. I got a wayward dad. Would you just call them back home? God, I'm going to keep knocking until I see it happening. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep showing up because it's going to change me, and you're going to see it through. This is awesome. Like, this is the God we serve. Like, 
I don't know about you, but I'm like wanting to jump. Because this takes us from like, oh God, you're so good. To some of you, it's okay. Oh God, if you want to. What do you mean if he wants to? He wants to change. It says, it says he wants all men to come to repentance. Like, 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 like if you, if you want to heal, if you want to heal, God, like, I'm going to expect you to heal this person. I'm going to trust you to do it. Well, he didn't do it for my mom and dad. Guess what? I know. I've been there. I prayed. But guess what? When I don't see it happening, I know for a fact that it's happened there. Hello? Hello? So I'm going to keep praying boldly. I'm gonna cre- I wonder what the church would do if we all just rised up, raised up and just started praying some crazy bold prayers. Crazy bold. Like, God, my neighbor next door who blasts his music till 5 in the morning, and I got a kid, and it's crazy, and I just want to go and plug the power from his house. God, would you bring him into this church? And guess what happened? <laughs> We've been praying for this couple for a year. Lady texts my wife. My wife texts her. There was a story behind it all. And if she was here, she'd be a lot more articulate. I'm almost done. We're going to pray. <laughs> and the lady, Rachel said, hey, I'm praying for you. And that was like, Rachel was like praying over this text. Like, you know, saying I'm praying for you to somebody that, you know, you don't know where they stand with God. Like, it can get awkward. Or just like, they're like, what? And they don't respond. You know, you see the bubbles, and then the bubbles go away, and you never get an answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a real thing. She sent this long text. We prayed that night, and we woke up to her getting her phone dinging with a text. And the girl said, Rach, I, I just can't, I can't tell you how much I thank you for that. And I'm so grateful that you would pray for us. You don't even know us. Hey, can we go for a walk with your son? Can we talk? A year. You know how long I've been praying for our neighbors? A year. Did I give up after two weeks because it get, didn't happen? No. I'm going to keep going to him. I'm going to keep praying bold prayers to him. Because if he's going to give his three loaves as a friend to a friend, how much more is a father going to give to his follower? Guys, you getting this tonight. Like, like, we can pray some big prayers. And we could keep, you know, one of our dear friends of the house, Pastor Mark Batterson, if you don't know him, he wrote a book called Circle Maker. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy read of a book, but he's a dear friend of this house. He's one of the men that helped us and is continuing to help us. And he wrote this book called Just Circle Maker, just circling the prayers and, and the things you want to see happen in your life. And I read that, and that was a, that was a book. I'm, o- I'm almost done. This is my third close. I got six of them. You're with me. Maybe Alex should come on up and begin to play, so I stop. Um, but, you know, my mom gave me that book. Um, Right after a season of my life where I lost what I thought was everything. I was saved, but I was still, and I still am, none of us are done with this. I was being worked on, right? And I lost everything. My mom gave me this book. And inside of it, she said, son, I pray that this teaches you how to pray through. Some of the older people in the room, you know maybe that saying, pray through. You pray through till you see it happen. And I remember reading that book and just being challenged and inspired. And in the book, all it says, it just talks about how we got, a, we got access to the throne of grace, to the king. Like, you don't got to sound perfect. You don't got to say it perfectly. You just got to get to the room because he's opened it for you. Tell me another king that's opened up a room for you. Nobody. 
You don't have access to any other king's room except Jesus Christ, God the Father. He's opened it. So why would you not keep going to him and saying, God, would you do this? God, would you do this? God, would you do this? Hey, God, I'm going to keep asking because you're going to do it, and it's going to change my heart and my perspective. Some of you have stopped praying because your perspective has got off of it. You're looking at something else. Start looking to God and start to pray bold prayers. I need a spouse. I need a spouse. Do you know how old I am? No, I don't know how old you are, but I know God's good, and I know God's got it. I know he's going to bring the right one, so stop looking for the wrong ones. Single people, hey, hello, start praying for your spouse now. Stop worrying about dating Mr. So-and-so who doesn't have a job, who doesn't come to church, who doesn't even own a Bible. Stop worrying about that guy and start praying into the person that God has for you because he's got someone great for you. He's got someone perfect for you. He's got a man of integrity. He's got a woman of integrity for you. Don't settle because you've stopped praying. That's going to get some quiet amens in this house. They're like, you don't know my struggle. You don't know my testimony, the test in my money. Like, I know it, okay? I know it, all right? Real facts, you want facts? I was engaged before Rachel. Some of you don't know that. Actually, probably 99% of you don't know that. <laughs> and that was broken. And I remember saying, God, I'm never getting married. Nah, I'm not going through that mess again. I could have stayed there. I could have parked there. When I read God's word and his promises are yes and amen for me, he's got a hope for me, he's got a future for me. Man, I walked into this church holding my son. Man, man, is it perfect? No. Are we perfect? No. Have we had struggles? Plenty. Have we had battles? Plenty. Have we faced stuff together as a couple that I wish we never faced? All the time. But we keep going boldly to the throne room of grace. We keep showing up to his room, and we say, God, we are here. We want your heart. Alex just began to sing that song, and it was a song like, it was perfect. I just want your heart, God. God, as I get your heart, I get to know what you want from me. I get to know what you would desire from me. And God, I'm going to keep praying for the things that you have placed inside of my heart. God, so those are the dreams and the visions that you put inside of me. God, I'm going to keep bringing them for you, to you. God, the people that are lost that are around me, God, I'm going to keep bringing them to you. God, I pray for the job to open up. God, I pray for the home to be the right home. God, I pray for the right spouse or the right person to come around. God, I pray for godly friendships to show up around me. Hello? Some of you need to pray that prayer more than anything else. God, I pray for the right relationship. Relationships. I pray for ordained relationships from you. We can pray bold prayers. Are you bold enough? Are you bold enough? So right now, tonight, I'm going to give you the chance to pray. On your own. The band's going to sing and they're going to worship. If you got to go, step out quietly. But I wonder tonight if maybe you just lift your voice. Better yet, you lift your faith a little bit more. You could yell all day long. But if you don't really believe what you're praying, don't pray it loud. Would you maybe just raise your faith a little bit? Say, God, I've been scared. Have you ever been scared of going to God? God, I've been scared. God, because if I begin to pray this, I wonder what you would actually do. God, I'm actually scared if you do this. God, I'm actually scared to pray for a building for our church because if we actually had a building, how would we actually do this thing in the building? Because nobody's for us. We don't have anybody on staff. God, how do you do this? Thing? But bold. No, God, I am going to trust you for it. God, I'm going to believe you for it. God, I'm going to believe for salvations. How many of you want to pray for salvations in our church? How many of you want to see for baptism in our church? How many of you want to see people be filled with the Holy Spirit in our church? This is the prayer. I want to pray tonight. So, guys, whatever's on your hearts, seek God. You got to go stand off to the side, stand off to the side. You got to go home? Go home. We love you. But we're going to worship. We're going to pray. So bow your heads and just begin to cry out as you feel led. 
and ask God for what things are inside of your heart that you desperately need him to move upon. 